Doctors in Podcast, where we talk about health topics with healthcare students and their relevance to all of us. I'm Darby Modernock. And I'm Linda Pang. And we are first-year medical students at the University of Iowa. We are recording this podcast to provide free information on well-being and health and highlight many of the resources available to students at the university. Today, our guests are Taylor Streck and Jill Glutterschlaw. Maybe. <laughs> um, Taylor is a second year pharmacy student and completed her undergraduate at the University of Iowa in Iowa City. And Jill is a third year pharmacy student and completed her undergraduate at Murray State University in Kentucky. Welcome, Taylor and Jill. And thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks. Need to be here. So were there any concerns you guys had when tackling this somewhat controversial topic? Sorry, we yes. should probably introduce the topic first. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> I just realized we didn't mention it in the intro. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jill and Taylor um, wrote an article for the Daily Iowan about the COVID-19 vaccine and staying informed. So back to our question. <laughs> um, were there any concerns you guys had when tackling this cop topic? Yeah, so we were very intentional when we were writing this article to be mindful of like the very real concerns vaccine hesitant people may have. And we did our best to minimize like complicated healthcare terms and just present the facts free of our opinions or bias. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind because I think there's definitely a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of misinformation circling and there's a lot of, um, a lot of, I think like, political um, ideas and just in general, a lot of really emotional um, debates that go around surrounding the vaccine, which I think is very valid because it's something that's really impacted us um, recently. So let's just start off um, with more of like a question about the actual article. Um, what is the COVID vaccine? So um, a vaccination in general, just the definition of a vaccination, they can either be live attenuated, which means that they're giving you a very low, they're exposing your body to the virus, the live virus at a very um, low kind of dose. So it's not like you're just getting hit in the head with it if it comes in, um, you get infected with it later on, um, or it can be inactivated. Um, which just induces active immunity against an infection. So um, the COVID-19 Pfizer Moderna vaccines in particular are inactivated and they use mRNA um, from the different variations of the COVID-19 strains. Um, so for instance, you might've heard of the Delta or the Omicron variations of COVID-19. Um, in order for your immune system to kind of recognize and defend against the virus in the future more quickly and effectively. Um, the Novavax vaccination is a protein subunit vaccine that uses the parts of the virus instead of the mRNA to stimulate your immune system. So these vaccines do not expose you to the live virus. Um, all COVID-19 vaccines are similar to a flu shot in the sense that every year we need to modify it due to the virus, the virus evolving. So again, going back to that, like Omicron and Delta um, variations. Yeah, so just to clarify for all of our listeners, um, can the vaccine give you COVID? So no. So none of these vaccines contain any actual um, live components of the vaccine. So um, some people may believe that they, the vaccine gave it to them because they get it in a three-week period after the vaccination is given. However, it's important to know that your immune system does take three full weeks to kind of 
build that defense against the risk or it, and reduce that risk of getting kind of a severe case of COVID. Um, so if you get it within that three week gap, it's more likely that it's um, you just didn't have your immunity yet to COVID-19 from that vaccine. And then speaking generally, would you say that the vaccines work? So work is kind of a subjective term. Despite common misconceptions, a vaccine is meant to reduce the severity of the disease, not prevent it altogether. So while studies are ongoing as new mutations appear, the vaccine is considered to reduce that amount of emergency department or urgent care visits and hospitalization that severe disease by over 50% for at least the first three months after vaccination or your last booster dose. Oh, it sounds like they're pretty effective. Um, so what are some common side effects from the vaccine and are there any ways to prevent them? Yeah, so common side effects of the COVID vaccine are similar to most vaccinations. So for example, a low-grade fever, a headache, um, fatigue, and maybe a sore arm at the site of injection. Um, so taking Tylenol or Advil, as well as drinking fluids and taking time to rest after you get those vaccinations can really help reduce those side effects. Um, it is important to note that side effects given or that occur after a vaccination is given usually subside in two days. So um shouldn't last longer than that. And then um, even like aside from side effects, what do you guys think are the greatest risks in getting the vaccine? So um, there are several risks that come with anything really that you put in your body. Um, so healthcare professionals are required to submit any possible vaccine related side effects reported by their patients to a national reporting system. And this data collected from the system, the CDC has reported myocarditis and pericarditis, which means inflammation of the heart, muscle, and lining as a risk for selected people that get these vaccines. So this is known to occur within one week of the vaccination being given, and it causes chest pain, shortness of breath, and fast beating, fluttering, or pounding heart. But from December of 2020 to August of 2021, roughly nine months, there was just an average of 80 reports per million vaccinations of heart inflammation due to the vaccination in men aged 12 to 24 years old. So this is very low risk. And to put this into perspective, allergic reactions to COVID-19 vaccinations occur in about five per one million vaccinations given. So it's not really that great of a risk. It is just a slight consideration, especially for those men 12 to 24 years old. Um, as a follow-up question, and it's fine if you guys uh, can't answer this, um, do you know of maybe even just generally like the other risks that um, come with, you know, vaccines that were developed a very long time ago and have been around for a long time? Um, for example, you know, like like even like polio, for example, right? Like that's been around for um, such a long time now. And I think definitely um, that particular vaccine or even something like chickenpox doesn't have um, this kind of stigma or maybe concern attached to it um, for anyone who is thinking about getting the vaccine. Um, a vaccine hesitancy has been around for quite a bit even before the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, so I would say like it, it seems like most of the hesitation is coming around more from where this was supposedly fast-tracked. Um, as the mRNA vaccines have been in development for 20 years, but this is the first widely dispersed one that has used this technology. So I think that's where a lot of that hesitancy is coming from. 
Um, but I don't really know many of the major risks associated with other articles. Maybe yeah. You can speak to that. Um, yeah, I honestly, I don't think, um, I know that a lot of the other vaccines have been, usually vaccines take about 10 to 20 years to get approved before they hit the market. Um, and they do extensive studies throughout that. And a lot of vaccinations have been pulled after like years of being on the market as well because of the reporting system um, that healthcare providers are required to report to. So most of the time, if over time um, different, when they weren't being studied, we always get kind of post um, study side effects that come um, because of the, the wider range and the higher population of people that's getting exposed to it when they actually put it on the market. I don't think I'm explaining this very well, but um, yeah, I know if there's a certain percentage of rates of incidences of severe side effects, they do pull most. And a lot of vaccinations have been pulled from the market. So I'm kind of interested to see over time kind of what the COVID-19 vaccinations entail. But um, as of right now, it's pretty safe and the benefits outweigh the cons. Yeah, those are really good points. Thank you for putting it into perspective for us there. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to add, Linda, I'm trying to remember from our class, but I think part of the reason the COVID vaccine was, quote unquote, for those that can't see, fast tracked um, was because it was like being previously researched. And I think they were in, um, or maybe it was phase three, I think, of development where there were so many positive outcomes that that's why it was deemed to be fast tracked. But I don't know if I'm recalling that correctly. I don't know if you remember, Linda. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. I do remember um, the lecturer saying something along the lines of, yeah, that like the coronavirus had been extensively studied. It wasn't like we were starting from scratch. Um, mm -hmm. And so that that helped a lot. I definitely think, I mean, and I totally agree that vaccine hesitation has been around forever. Um, I just think that COVID is still in itself um, unique uh, because the disease itself came on so quickly and so suddenly and spread so quickly um, throughout the world. And then on top of that, we had the vaccine, you know, in such a short amount of time. So mm -hmm. a lot of different factors to consider, definitely. Yeah, so heading back to your guys' article, um, how often should people get um, a COVID vaccination at this point in time? So recommendations vary slightly based on your age, previous vaccinations or boosters, and the state of your immune system. Generally, it's recommended to get a vaccination at least two months after your last vaccination or booster, or three months after your last positive COVID-19 test, or the CDC website can provide the most up-to-date and specific guidance for you. All right, sounds good. Well, that is all of the questions that we had. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add, Jill and Taylor? All right, sounds good. Well, thank you for everyone who's tuning in and we will be back next week, hopefully with another podcast. Thank you to our guests. Thanks for having us. Thank you.